Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. Bringing it back on the rails here because I'm the conductor this week. Doot, doot. The audience gets upset is because they're like they're just like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you why are you putting me through this right now? That's my uh, that's my campaign. You know, yeah. I'm shitting my pants. Polish a turd. It's still a turd. And then people and it's still, still in your pants. Bad. Apparently, <laughs> they keep doing that. Not saying. You know, that's I mean, giggity. Anyways, so yeah, starting off the podcast is not always uh, easy as one, two, three, mm-hmm. especially because, uh, especially because Facebook can be tricky sometimes. Please don't do it. Please. Don't rate it. One, do two, it live. Three, we got four live. stars. That means. Engines ago for the 222nd Purjangers and Wallhangers Media Network presentation of the Triforce Podcast. Of course, I am Matthew Butterell, the Madman. To my left is Christopher Bristow, the old man. And above his head, you will find one Katarina Thermoscara, all the way from Thermoscara. Wonderful woman! And the ultimate Walljanger, Joseph Kilmore. As well as our special guest tonight, Brandon Vincent Jackson, stand-up comedian, podcaster, and teacher extraordinaire, as well as our ultimate presence that is Big Brother, Stephen Bucarell is our producer. Welcome, Brandon. Welcome to the podcast. So, first things first, um... You're a premier young comedian from Delaware, and you've been featured at a variety of Helium Comedy Club uh, showcases, as well as the Dirty Dozen Best of Philly showcases, and even uh, with Chip Chantry, as well as Philly's Funniest in 2016. And that's as far deep as my info goes, because it's probably outdated. But especially with COVID. Exceptionally with that, but you also have a podcast of your own, which is the English for Criminals podcast, which is a podcast for people interested in how we talk about crime in the English language. And we'll throw a link up to that podcast on uh, on our episode count here. In movies, music, the news, and politics. Hosted by ESL teacher and comedian Brandon Vincent Jackson. I know that guy. <laughs> is an informative, insightful, and He's on the podcast. I know him. <laughs> entertaining dialogue on language and teaching. So you are very busy, sir. Uh, yeah, I think this is the busiest I've ever been um, in, a, in many years. I think I, I know I hear about all these people that were like unemployment or they were like laid off because of the pandemic. I've, I've literally been stuck in a job against my will. Yeah, because of the pandemic, normally I would have taken off somewhere and done some kind of adventure, but I've just been stuck in Delaware. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, what there job are worse were you places. doing? What job were you doing? I'm teaching. Uh, I'm actually teaching a English class uh, for gamers at the University of Delaware. You are gonna hate how I pronounce names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just saying that. I've been fucking, like, had this little anxiety ball in there. Like, you're having a teacher on the podcast, and you can't pronounce a simple fucking Japanese name. He, he is not hooked on phonics there, sir. At all. It did not work for me. It did not. I do want my money. Well, my mom's money back. No, she's, she's just going to invest that in Dogecoin. <laughs> um, but who are some of your top inspirations for your stand-up comedy? Because like I was saying in the end credits, which you can check out on YouTube, um, your set that you have on your YouTube from Helium Comedy Club, you murdered, you killed that shit. And especially some of the stuff I see you put, uh, uh, put up on Instagram, you're funny. So who helped? guide you to be the funny you are i mean i always loved stand-up comedy even when i was a little kid but i'd say my biggest influences the first one was probably chris rock mm. and dave Chappelle. and then um as i got older i got really into uh i really like pat oswalt when i was in college i don't really listen to him as much as i used to but then eventually uh when i really started to get into comedy my biggest influence was patrice o'neill Oh, oh yeah. R.I.P. Fucking kind of greatest. Funny. Yeah. So that was like around like 2000, 2001. You were getting into it with Chris Rock and, and Dave Chappelle. I would say I saw I remember being dragged out of my grandfather's house because my older cousins were watching Bigger and Blacker. And my dad walked in. He was like, what are you bigger, blacker? <laughs> like, what are you guys? My son watching? He dragged me out of the house. And then I was hooked after that. And then. Uh, then I remember because yeah, seeing- everybody loved everybody loved. There's no sex in the champagne room. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say no. But uh, yeah, then you know, Dave Chappelle was killing me softly in the Chappelle Show. And, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And then when I was in college, I started listening to more like alt comedy, like Patton Oswalt and people like that. But then yeah. I started getting more into the club stuff when I was my mid 20s and that's when i started doing comedy when i was like 25 26 and that's when i was listening to like pat oswalt and when do you think did you hit your groove with with the comedy circuit i would say about i don't know you hit a lot of different grooves but uh, i would say like the first groove i hit was maybe about two years in okay yeah, it was really when I went, I went back to school, grad school, really like, because I'm studying language teaching and how people learn languages and how people, you know, understand languages. And it really kind of opened my mind a lot about how to do stand up comedy. I just thought about language differently after that. And that really yeah. kind of. Yeah, a different perception of words have power and how you can them as as ammunition to get the reaction that you want i mean but you're also you're seeing those masters of words just lay out this symphony in front of you and you're picking it up you're picking up exactly how they're delivering their punchlines, and that like when i was watching you i got the sense of like a joe rogan or a burt kreischer a person a, a tom segura a person who knows how to properly structure a joke how to work through it. And you only get that good being in the trenches and really working through your comedy. And that's why I appreciate you because you're up and coming and up and coming in comedy is, you know, that's like fucking Grogu years. That's, that's a gold mine. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you're right. You know, I'm a big Tom Segura fan. I love, I love Tom Segura. And, um, 
So I, I get that. Um, but yeah, like I, when I was in grad school, I learned a lot of how people communicate. And then also, you know, I was always like a quiet person in yeah. school. Um, when I was in grad school, for whatever reason, I was just, you know, I was in my late twenties at that point. I was really out of my shell and everybody that was in my, my cohort for my year, for my major, they like really thought I was funny and they would just egg me on. And I was just out of control for two years. I yeah. was just like, I was just a nuisance in every, and these are like graduate level courses. I was just yeah. talking shit That's for every day. So it was fun. <clears throat> I mean, one of the things that I do appreciate is how stand-up comedians gather together. They stick together and have in your journeys so far, have you uh, like, How's it been? <laughs> no. Ha- have you gathered, like, have you gathered, like, an Avengers team? Have you gathered these, like, heavy hitters next to you that are more, you I know. I think you're looking for name dropping. No. Like, <laughs> have you have you gotten people that are more, uh, like, along your lines that, you know, that have brought you to shows with them? Have you had that person ex- extend that helping hand? Uh, no. Damn. <laughs> that was a long way to get to no. <laughs> yeah, I would say no. Like, I, uh, you know, I've just kind of, I've always been, like, on my own. But that's what stand-up comedy is, kind of a loner's thing. Like, I remember I watched a documentary about, um, about uh, this guy that ran the Acme Comedy Club in Wisconsin. He, like, organized a tour of some comedians to go to uh, Southeast Asia to do a stand-up comedy tour in like Singapore and places like that, because uh, that's kind of like it's kind of like the New York City of Southeast Asia. It's where everyone kind of ends up there. It's kind of like the center of the universe over there. So Tom Segura and two other comics I can't remember, but they were all veteran comics that had been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and they were like meeting for the first time. They're like, "Yeah, we've never met before," and they both had been doing comedy for fifteen years or something like that. So they were like on the road constantly. They just never crossed paths. It happened. As I've like moved, as years have gone on, I see people so much less. You know, people that I started with or were around with at the beginning a lot who have like moved on to success and they're on the road i don't see them hardly talk to them at all (laughs) damn um that's unfortunate but i mean i i just see the talent from you and i just imagine that you know somebody's gonna be like damn man that was a good set have you gotten um, that kind of recognition at least? Like when you kill it? I get a lot of love, but it's just from whoever happens to be around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a specific group of people. You know, when I was first starting, there was a lot of people that we were around, but then everybody, you know, people went off to New York, to LA, people were on the road, you know, people ended up on TV. So I'm just kind of like, I always end up back in Delaware. So I'm a little far behind some of the people that I started with. Yeah, that's, well, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing nowadays. No, because you, know, you know everything's such so interconnected. I mean, I'm trying to put the timeline in my head. Like when you were first starting, social media was just starting to take off. It's not like the juggernaut it was back like 
Oh yeah, no. So yeah, you, you, you were now, at MySpace level when he was coming out. Yeah, I mean, is that like around two thousand five, six, seven, around that area? No, I started comedy in two thousand fourteen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there was social media then, but it wasn't like it wasn't used as a tool. Yeah, not like today. <laughs> It's not, and you didn't have it. There wasn't as much. You didn't have Instagram where there were like all these videos and people streaming stuff all the time, like because you can put videos on everything now. Yeah, stories and all that. Yeah, you didn't have that interconnectability on all the apps. Yeah, we're in a different level of today. It's like a controversial thing in stand-up comedy because you know some of these club weekends are being filled up now by people who aren't stand-up comedians, but people create skits and stream on the internet they have a big fan base they don't necessarily do stand-up comedy but they can fill up the room so right right but now doesn't that take away from from like you know from like true comedians that want to actually produce laughter yeah I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it, it doesn't. I mean, it, it, they're definitely taking up some weekends. I mean, it definitely takes up space from up and coming comics. There's less stages for uh, for them. But, you know, it's all about, you know, putting butts in the seat. And it's like yeah. for me, I, I don't really understand how to use the Internet for my benefit at all. I find that uh, I feel like I get filtered out on the Internet. Maybe word of mouth <laughs> works better. For me, I just, the difference between the, um, the, uh, the reaction I get in person, you know, when I'm doing stand up and then me trying to do things on the internet, people, it's like, I don't think people even see any of it. I think I'm like <laughs> filtered out or something. I don't know how to do the, uh, what do you call that? Um, what's that stuff where they talk about it? the search engine optimization? I think yeah, I'm putting yeah. all words in and i'm just getting getting look man just send your bits to us we will publish the fuck out of that we will push that everywhere so i have to ask if you could picture a dream comedy set who would be going on with you in this dream comedy set you like three or four acts like and you would be the headliner who would who would be your opener and and your mid It doesn't matter for like they're just doing you a favor. Whatever your dream, like let's just say you made it and you're you're there. Yeah, who would who would want your your co co acts to be? That's a great question. This is very difficult to. All right, we can circle back. Really understand how to answer this question. I remember I had like a uh, I had to do an hour one time. It was at this comedy theater. I did like this, uh, this hour headlining set and I just booked like some comic that I thought that I liked who was local to open for me. And then he quit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like a year later, I, I text him all the time. I'm like, when are you going to come back out? And he said, I don't know. He just wow quit all the time. And people like the thing with comedy is like people don't quit because they're not funny. People quit because they yeah. just find out some, some other priority. Because yeah. people will do comedy for 10 years and never never made nobody laugh ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because that was one of my big questions for you is if you had to have a dream team up, like you and another comedian going out on tour, like Rogan and Chappelle are like 
palling around like best buddies right now with their tour dates. Like, if you could link up with one of your idols, which one would it be? Obviously alive, because if they're dead, they're not going to really talk much. Um, I would really like to um, probably... Living or dead is what it should be. Living or dead. I mean, I you could what... go that way. I, I was I going a little bit harder. <laughs> like George Carlin, boom, easy, done, you know? I really love with Richard Pryor. Boom, done. You know, like, yeah. Living. I mean, that's where you really got to think. Like, hang on. How is that man's health? Is he really. Is, I, have, I have a better Did he get his shots? Question for you. Okay. Yeah. What comedian would you have loved to see in their heyday, in their Ooh. prime? Uh, definitely. Uh, because I got one that comes to mind. It might be insulting him because he may think he's still in his prime, but I would say Chris Rock in the 90s. Yes. Chris Rock in the 90s. I don't find that insulting because Chris Rock in the 90s, there was something about him that was, it was like liquid nitrogen. It was oh, yeah. just explosive. Like, yeah. you didn't know what kind of funny thing was going to come out of his mouth. So either that or Eddie Murphy. In I was going to say Eddie Murphy. Yes. <laughs> Fucking! Have you watched Raw recently? No. Woo! Like describing it, he was like, "Go back and watch Delirious." He is a he was like nineteen. We years have old. we have we watched Raw the and Delirious. Month. It was like the other month. I was like, "Wow, you can't do half of this shit right now. You can't do ninety percent." Oh my god! Wow, the climate has changed. I mean, we are now in the Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere. What does it mean? I, I leave that to you. Yeah, it fell off the rails. Oh, on we're in that. the north. Yeah, I'm in the changed. southern. So climate change. Okay, that was a clever climate change. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> my bringing it back on the rails here because I'm the conductor this week. Doot, doot. Um, what would your first venue be? for your first Netflix special? I want, this was an idea I had, but it's not possible anymore. I wanted to film a comedy special in the courtyard of my freshman dorm. So it, it, it was knocked so down. So that now. building ain't there no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how those buildings work. I don't know, yeah, man. CGI uh, can do some really great shit right now. We can put you on yeah. the rubble. It's, yeah. a, uh, it's a watershed now. Zack Snyderverse oh, style. Just shed. you on the watershed, and then the we can add in the building underneath no, no, to make no, it look real epic. That's the cover art. You know, oh, you yeah. Know, that's a great that. cover art for that, man. You know, where they yeah. feel the Mandalorian is not that big. Yeah, but you got to figure in the audience and all that with a comedy show. It's, it's, How about we... No. Talk to the comic. But is there uh, an arena that, like, an area that you wouldn't touch in comedy? What do you mean? What do you, um, no. Can you say that again? Is there an area, like, topical-wise, not the cream, that you wouldn't touch in comedy? Like, you know what, man? I'm not going near politics, or I'm not going near that. Or is everything just batter up if it's a good premise for a good joke? I mean, I talk about everything. I, nothing is kind of um, off limits. Off limits. You just have to have a reason. I think because I think some people don't realize when you're doing stand up comedy, people are inviting you into their mind. 
Yeah. And they're giving you the opportunity to like laughing is an involuntary reaction. So you're, that's a, a vulnerable position. People in. that's why people get upset when, you know, they hear you're, shit that they own. You're like. essentially dancing around yeah. the minefield. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is, um, what was I trying to say? It, it I feel like a lot of times the, um, the audience gets upset is because they're like, they're just like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you why are you putting me through this right now for no reason? <laughs> no. Yeah. There'd be no purpose to it. It's like, you're not trying to do it to entertain them. You're not trying to do it to, to make a point. You're just like, I feel like talking about this. So I'm just going to talk about it. And that's very, that's not communication. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll talk about anything, but I have to find, like I'm doing a new thing with like my political material where like I'm not getting into the, it's not about opinions. It's not most political comedy is about, I'm making fun of this opinion or I'm making fun of this politician, this character, right. Or making fun of this argument. So I'm just trying to kind of make fun of the whole discourse. The I'm looking at the, the whole way that people talk about politics in the country right now and i'm just trying to uh i feel like i'm it's almost kind of like i'm warning people i'm like this is not gonna it's not gonna end well you know what i mean is really my point is like if people are really worried about winning arguments or winning battles and I'm like like there's the, the, the subject you know, matter itself is like how the vernacular is kind of warped its perception of it's people. very cult it's very cult like i watch a lot of documentaries about cults and what cults do is people think cults uh get stupid people to join cults that's why people join cults because they're stupid no people join cults because they're desperate mm-hmm. and when people are trying to recruit people into cults they're trying to weed out the desperate people. They're trying to find the desperate people. And the way they do that is they come up with crazy shit to say. And most people who aren't desperate are going to be like, that's crazy. And they'll walk away. And then the people who sit there and listen to you and actually give you a chance is because they're looking for something, which means they're going to be easy to manipulate. And uh, I feel like that's what a lot of politics are right now. People are saying things that are just, absolutely unreasonable and crazy and then uh and people are jumping on board with it because they just feel like they don't have a choice they feel like i have to get on board with something yeah yeah i i think it's i think it's also like an erosion of your original principle like what your belief structure is too like you're willing to sacrifice like because there's only like so many choices you're willing to sacrifice what you fully believe in and then you'd be like, oh, I only, I only agree with 80% of this person, but I have to go along with them. You know, and yeah. that's how, like, your perceptions start to get warped. Yeah. And I, I also think the, the social media and all, like, the channels, it's like, because there's, like, a record of everything, people are, people are, are like, usually somebody would say something crazy and they'll be like, ooh, you know, only five people heard me say that. I'll just pretend I didn't say it and I'll leave it alone. But now people feel like now I have to defend everything I said. And people are like adopting crazy things they said in the moment as their ideology. Yeah. And it becomes part of the zeitgeist. Oh, I'm it's really just people making mistakes. (laughs) Nobody wants to, uh, nobody wants to back down on what they're doing. And like, "Mm, we need a reset. We need a reset here. Some of these opinions don't even make any sense. 
You shit your pants, and it's in that shit yeah. is and in your pants like, for the rest of your life. My, that's my uh, that's my campaign. You know, yeah. I'm shitting my pants. Polish a turd; it's still a turd. And then, and it's still in your pants. That. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> that gets very uncomfortable, especially in a hot summer day. So that really adds some weight to the situation. There, Musk. I I wasn't gonna go with Elon there, but okay. Yeah, I just, it's, it's getting worse. But. So, Joe and Kat, you guys have been silent. Do you have any questions for Brandon? I Kat. actually had three questions for Brandon, yeah. but you asked two of them. So, oh. shame on you. <laughs> we should really get a pool, uh, like a, a chat going. I told you we should but start raising I know ideas. that. We, we have you on here as a comedian, but before we started um, rolling, you said that you're like a history nerd. Mm-hmm. And um, if I misheard, I apologize, but you do like a podcast or something on history? No, it's a podcast. It's, about, it's, like, it's called English for Criminals, and basically I talk about the language that people use to talk about crime in movies and TV and the news. So, so my question is, when are you going to start your comedy history podcast oh that would be perfect <laughs> yeah There's a lot of people that uh do stuff like that so i'd have to come up with something unique but yeah. i did have uh actually the the way i got into stand-up comedy was the, the original stuff i was writing was because i was like reading the bible a lot when i was like in my mid-20s and i just thought some of the stories were hilarious so i created this tumblr <laughs> no i believe where, that yeah no, no, we've read the Bible too. We've yeah, read, no, some right. of those it's, stories some are fucking hilarious. hilarious. Yes. Yes. Like, they really? are, yeah. <laughs> That's I created this Tumblr where I like kind of repurpose some of the stories to kind of show what was wacky about them using images and weird quotes. And that's how I got the ball rolling on me being writing creatively and writing for humor. It kind of started there. I mean, I think a definitely a, a history, you know, wacky history kind of podcast would be funny. Like yeah. That, you know? There's uh, a comedian, though, that had, I don't really, I think it's called History Hyenas. Yeah. I forget what the comedian's name is. Um, he's the, the, is he the redheaded guy? No. Yeah, but he's like an Italian guy from Brooklyn. Yeah. He was just on Joe's show the other week. Oh, yeah, but he was. But the thing is, I can't remember anybody's name, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that's just... You're asking the wrong person. I know who you're talking about. What was it, Josh? Uh, Not Josh. I can't remember. Uh, I I, anyway, but yeah, no. The, so, yeah. But yeah, the, we'll figure it out. The, the internet's a good place. There. But especially with stand-up comedy-wise, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stand-up comedians out there, but your take on things... Is what I find especially, you know, um, original because you have this Delco esque, I'll say, because you're from Delaware, but Delco esque kind of take on things, you know, to where you have that realism to where you were interacting with Delco people and Philadelphia and Pennsylvania people enough to where you. You know how to handle crazy Uncle George. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just air that kind of presence out there to me, to where that's that kind of confidence I see in your stand-up so comedy. I did, a lot of, I did a lot of comedy in Delco when I was first getting started, and it's a fight 
every single <laughs> Speaking of fight that's, that's, every that single time. That sounds about right. That sounds, yeah, that, that, right. That, that sounds yeah, about right. right. Yeah. How many so how many hecklers have you had to shoot down? Uh as mm. um it's very rare because most sometimes I don't even notice them <laughs> because I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing. You're in the moment. Yeah, I I don't really mind. Hecklers don't bother me. What bothers me is people like in the sh- who are in the showroom who are having like a completely different conversation. Oh my it. god! Yeah, just annoy this shit out of me. I won't say you should drag them out of the aisle and shoot them because that would be completely wrong. And it's like, because if somebody's doing that, they're like not present at all. Even if you say something to them, they're just like, uh huh. They're just not there. I had a a table one time at a show, I was doing it punchline. It was like they were having a picnic off the side of the stage. And I I was trying to talk to them. I'm like, hey, what's up with you? And they were like, they were like, we're from Reading. It was all they had to say. No, that (laughs) makes sense. No, that makes sense. Uh, I understand that. Okay, they're from Reading. We're on the south side of this train track. That's the punchline. Hang on, I got a button for that. That's the punchline of this joke. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) That was a poor segue, sir. It was, but the the disappointment in Katarina's voice was completely worth it. I did a show this uh, past weekend. I was hosting at Helium Comedy Club, and the thing that's, like, really... This is not as bad as people having a separate conference, but it be, can kind of annoy. Is when people laugh at things that are not jokes. Yeah. Laugh at words. <laughs> yeah. It, it has to, it's like an obnoxious laugh. Like, oh I don't man, know what you're asking. Hi, that was me. <laughs> a group of people. Like, I was talking about how I was teaching um, an English class for refugees. And I, all I said was refugees. And this guy goes, just like, out of nowhere and i was gonna ignore that but then like a minute later the guy stepped on one of my jokes like right on the punchline he said something and cut off the the laugh and then i had to i had to tear his ass up you you made that laughing noise and um, we all pictured a guy in our head, and it probably was all the same guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know. We all did a composite. It would be the same We've guy. all, if we had to have a sketch artist in front of us, it would probably look very similar. It would oh, almost be like a serial, a serial killer of comedy. Basically. Oh, there's people Which out there might be the title people. of the podcast. They killed jokes. Please, no. <laughs> no, sir. But my ultimate question before we get into the meat and the bits of the podcast for you is how has comedy changed for you since COVID? Um, I mean, now that I'm 34 years old now, so now I got to take this a little more seriously than I did before. Um, because you know, I can't keep just when open mics, I'm too old for this now to just kind of do the same thing. I need to make, I need to make some, uh, career out of this for me and I, I one of the things that i noticed when i got back i took like a private gig for some like family party and i was like i'm never doing this again it's like that's a cringeworthy right there just saying it, those words like ooh, yeah, i know that they like they do corporate comedy or they do like private gigs and i think that's good for you if you're the type of comic that uh cares about 
what people think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just can't, like, I just cannot pander to people. I don't know how to do it. If I did do it, people would know I was lying to them. And it's just like a really uncomfortable position for me to be in. And all my comedy is just about my experiences as a teacher. And, you know, it's like, it's just not relevant to everyone. So I don't like doing specific. Yeah, but that's an infinite well as being a teacher because kids are infinitely funny. Like animals. You will always find something funny about a kid. He could just try to eat peanut butter and put it up his nose, and it's the funniest thing you or any of your coworkers have seen all week. You probably I, were an I asshole. Work in, I work in adult education because I do not get along with children. <laughs> I was weird because when you said that you were teaching the class, I'm like, I don't think he teaches kids. <laughs> so I was waiting. I was waiting for that. But I, I think Joe does have a question. Joey, do you have a question? I, I was actually curious if you did any of the parking lots. Like, I know a lot of comedians were doing, like, the back of a pickup truck and a parking lot, things like that. No, like the did, did, like, you know, the back patio of an Ethiopian restaurant or uh, – <laughs> I didn't do that many outside shows because there weren't really that many in in, uh, in Delaware. Things kind of opened up here pretty quickly. Yeah. I did some outside shows with Punchline Comedy Club. They built, like, their own outside venue, and I did a few of those. But I, I didn't have to do anything too um, grimy. Well, I mean, that's because we're on the east side of the – of the country, if you were on the west side of the country, you would have been locked in your house and stepping in it <laughs> forcefully. But luckily, we're not in we're not as totalitarian in, as that. But if you are looking for a home, you can look to our first ad, which is oh hang on this is a professional <laughs> podcast don't let anybody tell you otherwise we um are. but if you were looking for a home you can find it right here at tony brown homes uh, and they're linked with keller williams if you have a nice ferrari or even if you want to set up a nice little patio gazebo comedy club you can find it right here and they'll <laughs> find you the best home i don't know if that's a thing but you know what They'll find it. A gazebo patio home. A gazebo patio stand-up comedy club. I don't think that exists. But if it did, they'd be able to find it right there. And uh, always knows a guy. Yeah. But that's not why we gather here. We gather here tonight every time. Yeah, fuck it. We'll go with this one. Um Tonight, Netflix has a sweet tooth, Warner Brothers does a reboot, and Pokemon Lottery and more on the Triforce podcast. So we'll go over to the first story, right? A little minor mending here, which is J.J. Abrams and Bruce Tim are creating a new Batman animated show. J.J. Abrams, the Batman uh, director, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm spearhead Batman Cape Crusader, a reimagining, quote-unquote, of the Batman mythos in a new animated series. Abrams, we all know him from Alias, Lost, Star Trek, and Star Wars, while Reeves is in the thick of helming the Batman 
and it, that's coming out in 2022. But Bruce Tim, you will know him because he was a co-creator of Batman, the ori- the uh, animated series. Oh, okay. So he was in the thick of <laughs> okay. building this holy church that we all cherish, which is Batman, the animated series. And now he's stepping out the closet and getting into another Batman series. So I kind of like that they have him involved in this because when you look at the poster art here, it looks, especially the bottom here with the text, it looks very Batman the Animated Yeah, series. It's, it's the same font. Yep. And it just, I'm not sure about the devil ears. It kind of bothers <laughs> me. Hear you with. Oh, good. Someone said it. Better, better <laughs> to hear you with, my dear. Um, Sean Annis says America. Of course he does. <laughs> um, but I like the premise of this because... It, the original series spawned a whole universe of shows. Uh, the Superman Adventures, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. But the Kate Crusader brought us Harley Quinn. Exactly. And this series is not appearing to be contagious uh, as in the other one was. So it's not, it's not building its own universe. It's just kind of you know, going on its own old noir roots. Okay. I'm going to take my stance um, that I always take on Batman is we have so much bad. I mean, it's impressive who they have attached to this. I'm going to give them that. But at yeah. the same time, you have a hundred other superheroes in your locker back there and you keep trotting out this one guy. No, they're screaming out for help, but you just ignore them and just tell them the shush. Yeah, I think think it's time to move on, maybe. I mean, they keep doing Batman. Not saying it. You know, I mean. Giggity. (laughs) (laughs) Katarina's the giggity. (laughs) That may be the title. Um, I think that was the first giggity I did. <laughs> that I am isolating. <laughs> Consent be damned, I'm isolating that. But Brandon, how are you feeling about this? Having the original uh, Batman, uh, you know, Adventures of Batman in the uh, series in there. I grew up on the um, Batman animated series, so I'm very nostalgic about that show. I, I'm I'm waiting for some Batman content to bring back Clayface because he's like the one character Clayface is yes. such a good character done anything with and he was like my favorite um character he and, was uh, great in the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max right oh, yeah, HBO Max. oh he was fantastic in that he was that was great um I do recommend that if you have HBO Max he was a lot. great actor I just canceled <laughs> damn <laughs> But it was he was great in that. But Clayface is such a good pull. You know, there's a lot of the Batman rogues gallery that they just ignore. You know, Clayface like, uh, had a good arc in in the animated series, like Scarface, yeah. the fucking puppet. Yeah, they completely ignore him. You know, Joker has a fucking daughter they've ignored since like the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
where like no 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 let's ignored her too to be fair let's keep going with the same four characters and oh riddler we're going to cover you with duct tape two-face but you watch it yeah so they're gonna (laughs) will i mean that's the thing everybody does keep watching it you know i'll watch every single one of them i'll watch this new one when it comes out and it just very very interested in seeing the new batman movie um i don't know about this cartoon series so the the problem nowadays is that when they put out content, love it or hate it, they're garnering a reaction. So they're they're getting Absolutely. their money's worth. Yeah. Well, it's I'll tell you what. It's 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 when you have general indifference to the to the subject matter or to the content is that when that's when they'll stop making it. Well, I'll tell you what. They're not going to stop making. That's this next story. There's because no general indifference here. Hit the button. That was a good segue. It was because not just stopping at Batman. No, this isn't an anime. A new Superman animated series is coming from HBO Max and Cartoon Network as well. I hella don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But, but But what if I told you that my adventures with Superman... That's the title. I didn't actually have any adventures with Superman, sadly. Is the new animated series that will follow the lives of young Clark Kent and Lois Lane. I don't care, Tyler. 3,000. This is like Dharma and Greg if it was Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Again, they focus on certain characters and they leave. There's a whole other Justice League that would translate beautifully into an animated series and they just keep on trotting out like this. I'm sorry, we can't do that. Over yeah, and over again. And yeah, Booster get, Gold. Oh my yeah, god, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I would watch the hell out of that. I would watch an Aquaman series. I With this series, they're focusing on Clark I don't Lois need another and Batman Jimmy. or Superman. Really? So they're focusing on Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, and Clark Kent. Hence why that's what uh that's them in the uh, image above. Yeah, I think I think. We, but they're going to very anime with the st- with the art styling to where you go with the Batman series they announced, matter. and that's very classically Batman the animated series looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, now I, this I hear, one, they're going more anime style. I hear so what you're saying? I know. That, I don't want to see this. Is Jimmy I'm not happy with this. Don't let any. I'm, I'm not happy with this news. I'm just saying, you know, you got to report. There's it, a very but... high bar for 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 cartoons that like have comic characters. Like, I grew up on Spider-Man, uh, the animated series in in the '90s. Yeah, Batman the animated series, yeah. and X-Men. Just yes. those three oh, alone. Yeah. Ah, you're and setting gargoyles. the. Don't and gargoyles. Yeah. That is the about, animated. I'm just about the the Fox stuff. That's like the, the animated WB Mount stuff. Rushmore right there. Yes, the WB stuff. You had gargoyles. You also had Transformers. Yes, the right. G1 series, not Beast Wars. Yeah. Fuck you. Beast Wars was awesome. Beast Wars was good, but Beast it wasn't Wars was good. good. I mean, I would wake up every morning before school, watch some Beast Wars, and hell yeah, and head off to school. Ultimate Walljanger Joe Gilmore got what, my back. It, but <laughs> if you if you Pair up Beast Wars to Transformers. G1. G1 always wins. 
Beast I Wars was the original, but when you go back and watch it, like some of the other ones, like Armada was like a really good Transformers series. It was. And even that new like Transformers on Netflix is like the story is the like War for Cybertron, good. yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, the fucking Netflix series is amazing. But then yeah, you look it's at good. and you they're bringing at, back um, the Beast Wars in this new season that's gonna come out. I I I mean, it has to come out soon. And then and then in the nineties you had the animated Superman. Yes. And then in the late 80s, you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Thundercats, right. G.I. Joe. Right. Yeah. Rainbow Bright. There was like. Yeah, but if you were to revisit any of those shows now, the. Nobody would know what it was about. It would look horrible and dated. Connor that loves Thundercats. Ninja Turtles was really good series. Like they they covered all their bases with like characters from the original series. It was like really entertaining. The character building was there because like the original turtles, like they all kind of acted the same a little bit, but they had their little quirks. But like here, they all have like individual personalities. I mean, the cartoon, the original Ninja Turtles cartoon was classic. Yeah, they were great when I was four. And ultimately, <laughs> the live action. That's what I'm Turtles movies, the first ones with I loved the second one with Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice, and Kevin Nash was Super Shredder. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! If you don't love that movie, you're a communist. I just said it. (laughs) I dropped the mic, but it's attached. Big Daddy Cool Diesel was Super Shredder. Yeah, but this Superman, remember him? That show. This animated show, I believe, is taking away from what you're getting with Superman and Lois, which is a darker, different turn on the Superman story to where I feel like releasing this so close to that is just stealing a little bit of its spotlight, even if it is animated. You know what DC has a problem with? Continuity. And this is the reason why. (laughs) This is the exact reason why. Is this geared towards kids or what? Because, I mean, some of the DC stuff can be pretty, it's, like, dark and everything. It's so, like, Clark Kent and Lois Lane as 20-somethings. That's all. So, that's how I'm going to say that. I so, have a hard time believing that it's going story. to be, like, super dark or have gore in the, in the like, Invincible or any of those other more adult-geared superhero shows. Yeah. The way yeah. that it's drawn it's leads to the Flashpoint. You know, yeah, it needs to be more like all family friendly. And, you know, DC is, you know, how I roll. Um, But I would like to see some non Trinity shows, animes. I mean, look at how successful Titans and Doom Patrol is because you're not focusing on those same three characters. We're getting an oversaturation of the same people over and over again. And I, yeah, I don't want DC to fail because. I want to continue to get the stuff that I love, but it seems to be bogged down by all of these things that just don't feel necessary, like and redundant. And how many times are you going to tell the same story over and over? Again? You know what's redundant? The fact that else. the boys Jack Quaid is going to be Superman in this animated series. Yes, <laughs> that also does not help my opinion of it. That <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not no. at all. However. <laughs> so yeah, I think DC is ruined for me because of the the movies. Just I don't know what they were trying to do. It's like the tone. I don't understand why they were trying to be so serious. How could the the animated series that they put out, like they're putting out 
the long Halloween. They're mm-hmm. putting out another story we're going to talk about later. But they're putting out all this great animated content. But when they go to live action. You mean, you mean the movie animation? They completely like. The movie animation fuck has it up. continuity to it. That's the issue. It has continuity to it. Yeah, but I mean, look. I think there's a disconnect when it comes to when you're doing any live action. And there was an article. Um, researchers say that most anime fans do not want a live adaptation of Absolutely. what their wa- of their favorite shows Some because they know it's going to be fucked into up. An anime format. Some exactly. Look well, Metal Alchemist anime is a good format. example of that. Hundred percent. Like the blood, the glore, the expressions on people's faces, yes. the things. That the extremes like there there are certain things you can do all of in animation that you can't expressions and tone and voice that work fine in animation but you can't translate that into live action so they end up changing the characters to fit into yes. a more you know in a, into reality and it just doesn't hit the same so if the anime is good on its own why are you touching it yeah but even to go further that? into that is that what Matt Kennedy was saying to where he prefers the, he prefers a dubbed or subbed anime as opposed to dubbed. Right. So he is finding, like I have noticed, is that you get a better uh, voice acting quality from the Japanese subbed anime than you do the dubbed, to where all you have to do is read. And it's pretty much very close to what you would read in a manga. That was well, anytime I and see it's closer to the origin, original English, source. It is not accurate. No. So I don't know. Like, I don't speak Japanese or any of the languages that are in anime. But just from my own personal experience with Portuguese and how those are, are subbed, mm-hmm. they're not accurate. And I know that some things don't translate from one language to another. But it also feels like they're using expressions. They're taking the long way around to say something when there's a played it so yeah i, I think it's one but also for some me who can't just watch tv i have to be doing something else the mm-hmm. sub just works better for me because i can listen to it when i have to and then to just tv that whole time it's a commitment that i don't know i can make okay well i mean listening to the anime is i've done that when i'm when i'm gaming you have an anime like uh jojo's bizarre adventures um, right which there's another offshoot spinoff, which is really great on Netflix. Uh, I forget the name, but yeah, I'm trying to catch up on animated series that Connor can't watch. <laughs> Castlevania being one like of them. Castlevania, which yeah. it wrapped up spectacularly. I think I it extended a, an episode way too long to where you just had like the well, this is where the uh, characters are now. That kind of episode, but through and through, that series was very tried and true to the IP. Okay. As well as being innovative with the story and setting it up for other adaptations. Because when you're watching that final season, you're like, I would really like to watch a lot more of this universe that you built. I mean, being. Tried and true to the IP. I mean, I was watching it, and I was just like, hey, I knew that monster set. Yeah. And I was like, and I just chuckled. And, like, 
Yeah, Emma, who was watching it with me, was just like, what? I'm like, you have to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that kind of, that was the love that they put into that series, which really made it good. And that's why I, you know what? You made your universe. You honored the comic gods or the, you know, the gaming gods rather. And go on and do your story how it is. This is your universe now. That's how I see this Netflix series. I want to, I want this universe to continue, even if they, you know, make it like Castlevania to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, just I hope Konami doesn't butcher it. Oh, they will. 100% they will. A lot like this next story. That was a good segue. Because Netflix drops a new trailer for Sweet Tooth. Robert and Susan Downey Jr., you remember them? Iron Man and uh, Iron Man's wife? Not Pepper Potts? Iron Man was cheating. Um, But Robert and Susan Downey Jr. are involved with Sweet Tooth. And the streaming giant Netflix has released the first full trailer, which is down below, to Sweet Tooth, the post-apocalyptic fantasy series. Uh, three minutes uh, trailer gives fans an insight into the life of the hybrid child named Gus. You know what? Because I like the green. you know, I suddenly like the green. Why not? Uh, why not name him Gus? Who is a half human, <laughs> half deer? He's trying to see around a mic. The loss. <laughs> I and, uh, I trailer looks great. <laughs> but I think now that both of you have to wear green Zentai suits for every episode. <laughs> I just you know what? full green with just just the head pop, popping I'm, out. I'm, all right. No, not even. You know what? I do have a couple of really green shirts that would match that and we would just be green headphones. floating heads. This is no, 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 no. Cover your head and then all I see are headphones and the mics. <laughs> oh. I think we created a new podcast. I think we found a new <laughs> niche, a, n- a new niche, you know? Uh, okay. Uh, you don't want to see us. You want to see the stories. I'll just get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> we can just shut off that. <laughs> yeah, I'll just shut up. You guys just watch this. Um, <laughs> so he's a half human, half deer, and the journey he embarks on to find others like himself while escaping a group of people hunting his kind. Eight episodes Netflix series is an adaptation of Jeff Lemire's comic book series of the same name, which I have watched. And they openly said that this series is going to be a family-friendly version of the comics to where the the comics was almost like, I don't want to say Robert Kirkman because that's way too light. Um, But they went for more of a darker tone with the comics and more of an artistic flair to the uh, drawings. And it's to where they, to see how they change it is going to be interesting, but you have a rap, you have fucking Iron Man behind it. You know, this is the property that he jumped to DC for is no, I uh, was Iron Man. Now I'm going to, you know, help produce sweet tooth, which is just a deer boy in the fucking post apocalypse. I said it's baby Sir Tumnus is what it is. I mean, he may or may not have caused it, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, leave him alone. He's a baby. And he has a nice rack. I can say that because he's a deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is underage. Like, can you still say that? 
Joe, look, it's your first time on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I can is the answer to that. But the also go ahead, cat, say your disclaimer. The other answer the opinions given by the host of this podcast, <laughs> the rest of the guests. Or host. Yeah, you could check out Sweet Tooth on June 4th, 2021. If I haven't dug myself a deep enough hole, we will find it in the next story, which is AT&T sells off Warner Media to Discovery in a merger. So... Hey, it's everyone's favorite superhero, Batman again. Yeah. Details are slim at this point, but it is being reported that DC Comics and WB Games have been sold off in some form as a result of the newly announced AT&T Warner Media merger with Discovery. Now, AT&T has also said that this is to make Warner Media and a standalone property. Yes. I thought Warner Media was a part of the HBO thing. Well, they are. They're going with HBO and Warner. Oh, and, oh, oh they're all yeah, yeah. going no, to Discovery. The, the entity as a whole, yeah. Yeah. Because HBO is under Warner Media. Is it like, it's like they're, they're shipwrecking on a, an abandoned island. What the fuck does Discovery have? Discovery well, Plus has like been looking own, to... Their own streaming service. AT&T has been looking to sell for a while now. We reported that, you know... Jesus, I don't know how many podcasts back now. But... Going on two and a half years? Yeah, they've been, they've been looking to off... Warner Media, they were talking about stopping DC Comics, and you know, they it's almost like they're bleeding from the you know, bleeding I'm from the gills. Just glad that this is happening because you know that I am I've too. Been, I don't, you know that word I've been saying? Oh, yeah, continuity. That's what it's going to be. Well, especially in this article, when people who are interacting with Discovery's boss, uh, let me see, what is his name? David uh, Zalsav, they love him. And that decisions that they're making are He's right in tune with it. Passionate about um, comics and superheroes and things like that. I, I think that so he's, he's a fan. And it's a good choice to being a fan this. is important. Being a passionate fan is important. Yes. Um, and I don't think right now that's what DC has backing their cinematic. Exactly. Universe. That's why that's where you're saying we need a Favreau, Filoni, or Feige. For DC, maybe David. Last time, fix your house. (laughs) Maybe David will finally kill Goliath, and we'll actually get some good content through the door. DC. I'll settle for decent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had Zack Snyder. How would you rate that? A C plus. You have to, uh, Joe and Brandon. You have to understand. I am a diehard DC fan. I have a Wonder Woman freaking tattoo. She is my main. And that's why I hold it to such a high standard. I am passionate about this. I have been a fan since I was seven years old back in 1985. And to see, to go into Man of Steel and the original Wonder Woman with so much hope. Yeah. For like, yes, we're finally, we're getting together. We're going to put the Justice League together. And then to get to where we are now, it's just like, they're just, it means hope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it's crushing it's it, crushing it Especially is because they, they haven't been donking it like brandon said marvel out of their mouth dc and I wish they has not been doing the marvel thing and let them do what they need to do um but i'm really i'm excited about this uh, because we need new leadership 
yeah. we need to push DC in the right direction and um, everything else. And I know it's not just DC, but that's the one that I. Well, it was about. it was clear that Warner Media, the executives were clearly off touch with what the fans wanted. They're a bunch of fun zanoons. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. All right. So to- it's like even with like I liked the first Wonder Woman movie. Amazing. But they, the, the second one, they like. The second one was an episode of the 1977 uh, Wonder Woman series. Yeah. I call it the Diana Prince movie. And, I, <laughs> I, and I'm going to say that I loved it because it's Wonder Woman. And of course, I loved it. But I am yeah. based in reality. And I saw every single flaw probably harder than people who are not fans because yeah. I am that much more invested in what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, it reminded me, you know what the problem with the uh, the DC movies they kind of have the tone of like a, a late nineties comedy. Like, I feel like I'm watching yeah. Ben Stiller movie or yes. mystery <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. You're watching mystery man. Eddie Izzard as the villain. <laughs> With that pompadour hair. Oh, wait. That'd be great. I'm going to ask which member of the Justice League is TV Herman in your mind. I like uh, this. I like this. this show that we're making. <laughs> Anything with Eddie Izzard is a win. Yeah. He is amazing, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so, I mean. When I was watching that, uh, the last Wonder Woman movie, all those movies, all those scenes with Kristen Wiig, I'm like, this is, this is the Nutty Professor. This is basically yeah. Eddie Murphy's Nutty Professor. That was the tone. It didn't feel like it delivered like Marvel does. Marvel delivers, especially in phase four. You're getting these comic accurate costumes. You're getting these comic accurate storylines. You're getting a lot more growth and depth like we saw in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Yep. You're seeing a lot of growth, especially with later stories that we'll see with, you know, even Black Widow and Loki. They're continuing that trend where they have this stride that is comic accurate but also innovative and new that DC can't fucking I have, copy. I have. Is, is, is well, the, DC shouldn't be trying to copy, first yeah. of all. DC should, should be sticking to DC stuff. And DC has always been different stylistically than Marvel, and I don't have an issue with that. My issue here is that you can clearly see that the people that are running Marvel have a vision and are passionate about what they're putting out. DC does not have that. It is a money grab for every single thing that they do. Marvel cares. That's, so that's what that's, it boils down to. Marvel cares I got, I got about the property. Here. Look at look at the films that did well when they did well. You had the directors and producers that actually cared about the product. So like their least successful films were the ones that they shoehorned in. I Marvel also went with low like not known directors and writers to go for these scripts on these movies which also added to the to the charm the second and with black panther yeah. they got as many people of color involved in there so that they could tell the the story authentically and for, it was organically driven and the same yeah. thing with falcon winter soldier i believe so yep. look at look you at you can see that they've got the right people running it because they care about putting out a good product not just putting out a product so when i say good batman movie yeah what do you think? No such thing. <laughs> Excuse me, 1989's Batman with Tim fucking Burton and Michael Keaton. That is perfect. Have you seen I Ben? I said Affleck? what I said. He was great. 
I and like Ben Affleck the was the like bomb in Phantoms. Adam I mean, West Batman, Batman movie. Yeah, yeah Shark I don't. I like all the Batman movies except for the George Clooney one. Okay, you didn't so, like the nipples. Even I mean, said good Batman movies. <laughs> so I would say like all of them. I didn't say that was they it, were. Was I it, would say was it the George Clooney nipples or was it the credit card that threw you off of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, For the everything problem, else, there's Mastercard, sir. The problem with that Batman movie, the George Clooney one, is the same problem as with the DC movies. Is that it wasn't story driven. I yes. think that's yeah. working with Marvel is that they have an end goal for the whole series yes where you see it's just kind of like separate characters that are just kind of mashed together and they're doing their whole it's like everybody's going rogue well it. it's like they throw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and see yeah, it basically yeah. and, the, and most of it is batman, falling off the wall batman and batman returns there was yeah. there was like a story with there and there was a perfect arc then you had the nolan trilogy which introduced the heath ledger joker which you know r.i.p Yes. But that was a good performance in its own right. The right. third thing Christian is... Bale is a good performance, and so was Heath Ledger. But those movies as a total were not the thing that people... They were good fun. movies. I didn't say Even the Joaquin movies. Phoenix Joker movie wasn't the thing that people yeah. really wanted. Correct. But, but... But you settled for it. The one thing that's going to benefit from all this... Black Adam and The Rock. And he's yeah. passionate about it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Now he's with this happening, Shazam was great. So now with yep, this it happening, was. I love Shazam. I really feel like The Rock will strong arm Warner Brothers into making whatever well, now he that wants. You have if, if he can't do it, I can't imagine. It. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Batman, the best Batman is the animated series. Yes, Kevin Conroy. Nothing, nothing touches that. No, nothing. nothing. Yet they have yet to get it. Like they got it there, but, but this next see, story you... might actually get it a little bit closer Ooh. because Ooh, that, gonna... of that course, say what you gotta say. Wait, let old man sneak in what he wanted to say. Yeah, and sneak in what you he wanted to say. Now with the transition of of Warner Media being okay. bought by AT and T, do uh-huh. you think? Do you think that we can get the Snyderverse restored? No, you don't think so. I don't want it. No. Because what? the fucking Snyderverse, Warner Brothers was actively going against Snyder when he was trying to make the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. Well, I think you know how I, I feel just about think the, Snyder the executive cut. branch of Warner Brothers needs to be restructured with people that are actually going to take the intellectual property seriously. Like I don't Marvel does. Any seriously, of they never should have hired Zack Snyder. Uh, I See, will kind of side with you there. He hasn't had the best reputation no. as a director. Rightfully so. Rightfully Wonder so. Brothers shot him down for a 303. That alone I, I should speak for Snyder itself. I of the Justice League. I got up at 3 o'clock that morning and I watched yes. it, and I watched it every single day after that for a solid week. But I that's just that. because it was However, comparing it, was it to Joss Whedon. It was as good as it was because it was a, a do-over. That's not what we would have originally gotten. I don't oh, care. Oh, hell no. Was. Yeah, no, no. It would have been a lot shittier than what we had, saw. Like, how long ago was it? Like two, three years? Yeah, yeah. Between when when uh, the Whedonverse Justice League was released and he released his. So he had all that time to hear what everybody's complaints were, what everyone's ideas for, and then, you know, figure it out for himself and then put out this film, which I Look, think righted a lot of wrongs. But that's not what we would have gotten if he had been left to it the first time. If I got the comments of this I'm podcast, good. 
And but like right now, and then I had two to three years to improve this podcast before I put it out. He wouldn't have talked about shitting in his pants. Absolutely, I wouldn't have. <laughs> but it would have been a hundred percent better. Was my point? Really? I mean, I wasn't going for the shit in the pants reference, but um, wow. that you need to check the end credits for. I, I believe I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Another story anyway, that's like shit in your pants. Story is cool. the next one. Um, all new images of Matt Reeves, the Batman, surface online, and we see below that there's actually a little calendar that shows off a little bit of what we're getting into. People have blown up the screen uh, up there of the Riddler because it looks like he has almost like a duct tape mask. With, like, little poke, uh, holes poked out around his mouth for breathing, and I'm assuming speaking. He's smart enough. He'll get out of it. But <laughs> that's what I saw on the internet. A lot of people aren't really happy with the Joker. Or not the Joker. The Riddler. Riddler. Rather. Um, they're not happy with the Riddler. Oh, Selena Kyle, you get a little picture of her on a motorcycle, whatever. And then you get a little bit more pictures of the bat of the Batmobile. And bat- Robert Patman's. Uh, patents and suit, which we've already seen. So it looks like a leather mask a la Hannibal Lecter. Yes. With the mouthpiece. Like so maybe he's pet. in, in like Arkham it. Asylum, and that's why he looks the way he looks. I see Hello, this Bruce. as them taking this character to almost that Hannibal Lecter level to where mm. he was already a very intelligent character. And it was to match Batman's wit and his, you know, Batman was always very quick on the riddles. It wasn't always the first thing you thought of. He knew he was I, in I the Riddler's the head. I love the level of snark that the Riddler had. Yeah. You know, he was he was intelligent, but he was just being like, I'm going to show you that I'm better than you. Yeah, but as Big Brother says what? about the Riddler. I don't remember. There's there's only one Riddler for you, and oh, yeah. it is... Yeah, Jim Carrey's the only Riddler for me. There right. we go. You, you know what? Play. I really like the Edward Nygma. God, I gotta walk him to the water. <laughs> I think he did a great job. I would have liked to see him in this movie. I don't see why they couldn't have put him in this Dude, movie. Dude, I movie. really think that Jim Carrey would have donked this movie as a Riddler. Well, you do have a multiverse. You don't know... You know what I mean? You know, you don't Jim know. Carrey is the Riddler in this universe? DC Dark? Man, that would cause a lot of psychological trauma bills. You know what I mean? Just having to watch. Just for you. Jim Carrey might be that demented at this point. Oh, have you seen his art? (laughs) Is it really (laughs) acting if it's him? His interesting. That's interesting. Where's the artistry in that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's Brandon's point. I mean that... (sighs) I'm not saying that this movie is going to be garbage. It's not connected to the main DC extended universe. So that way they can do what they want with the story. It can be its complete self. And you have what you have, which it that can be a good thing. But we've already had that. We've had that for years of just the solo Batman flick. What we want is the interconnected universe. That's why Marvel is dunking it right now. And DC doesn't seem to get that. DC has a great universe. I'm gonna, I, you know, speaking of segues, I, again, it's just Batman. 
It's yeah. just rehashed over, 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 over again. Not that right. I want to like knock the movie, but it's been done. It's definitely been done. The the horse is dead. I mean, how it's many times rotting. do we have to see Bruce Wayne's parents die to see his origin story? We, we know his it. fucking origin story. We who got it? Who who's who's in pain more? Bruce Wayne's parents or Uncle Ben? Because both of them have been drug through the mud many times on origins. Like, hey, you want to see Uncle Ben get murdered? Yeah, but bam, but bam, but bam. It. But look at it. Uncle Ben has been murdered three times. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Let's just. Yeah. It, it, all right. Three all times, right. Three times. Live action. That's pretty times. bad. Okay. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. This, this We're going on seven. <laughs> yeah. 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 His, part is, his parents have been murdered a lot. They know the true <laughs> definition of masochism. They must be Irish. Must be. <laughs> I think someone said this earlier. They were talking about <laughs> anime and how, like, not any anime will translate to live action. And I think that's another problem. With, you get yeah, you said that. So DC, I think some things about DC don't translate to a motion picture film. Yeah, I just I think Batman. The reason they keep doing Batman is because it has. Those film noir yeah. elements, it's like a detective yeah. movie, like a cop movie. It's very easy for them to... to it's as um, close to Law & Order SVU as you can get. Basically, well, basically... And, well, yeah, you at, never really see him be a detective. They keep saying he's the greatest detective, but you never really see him being yeah. a detective in live action. But that's why DC yeah. has always been very successful animated-wise. They're an, they get it when they're doing their animation. And um, to what you were saying the tone of DC translates better into an animation than a live action. I was really happy with Wonder Woman and how bright and colorful that original Wonder Woman was Yeah, um, with Gal Gadot, not original, original Wonder Woman, because that'd be going back. Um, you don't want to date, date yourself. It was refreshing back. to see um, the lack of that gray wash that is on all of the DC films that Zack Snyder was involved in. Yeah. Uh, and just seeing that bright and colorful world and getting some organic yeah, there was humor a, there was some vibrance some to it yes scenes. and that's why her that film did so well and i wish they they kind of held on to that because even man of steel had more of more brightness more color just more life to it than a lot of the subsequent films and that's why i'm saying i'm not hating on Zack snyder because again i love i love his justice league but he keeps doing the same thing over and over. And he's kind of got like that Michael Bay syndrome that they yeah. did that one thing and it was successful the first time they did it. And now they just keep on copy, you know, control C control V on every single film that they make. And if, if he yeah. makes, if he At makes Superman point, a transformer, I'd be anymore. very, very pissed off. <clears throat> I mean, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but he did make battleship. I mean, it's just, <laughs> That whole tumultuous kind of uh, history of DC versus Marvel. But in the next story, we will, see, we will see what Marvel has coming. Because Marvel released two trailers during the MTV Awards. Of course, we all know award shows are practically useless because, you know, if you can't trust the Golden Globes, who can you trust? <laughs> yeah, I know I went there. Yeah, but Grammys—that's who you can trust. 
You can definitely trust the Grammys. They're definitely not bought. You know what? I think Are we, we talking should... Grammys as in our grandmas? Because yes. You can always trust your grandmas. Yeah. Grandmas never lie. Besides, That's the one I'm thinking of. You know, besides Santa Claus. They, they I'll get them. down with those but grandmas. I, I, think, I think we should make a Progenger Award. That's what we should do. I mean, shit, man. If you're just slapping an award on anything, Might we can well. give an award to somebody. Like Brandon Vincent Jackson, he's stand-up comedian of the year. Boom, 2021. I just did that. Yes, we just did that. <laughs> Do you want an acceptance speech? <laughs> <laughs> you are the Pajanger 2021 stand-up comedian of the year. How does that feel? Uh, thank you very much. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'd like to thank the Academy for wrecking genius when they see it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, the, the acceptance speech is very small circle because all the people you're thanking are right here. Um, (laughs) but they released two new clips during this MTV, uh, award show. The first one, we see Black Widow. Um, obviously they've pushed it back, pushed it back way back, but Black Widow is coming out. Cars are now classic. First off, Black Widow can't drive for shit right there, all right? She just damaged, like, three cars, and that is a hit and run, and that is a felony, all right? I know from experience. That's a prequel. That is yeah. – <laughs> well, then again, this is before Infinity War, so half those people are going to be snapped away anyway. So I, I, I doubt a little, you know, auto snapped accident. snapped away, but then snapped back, so. They'll still remember this accident, but, you know, I think they're going to have a bigger trauma on hand being snapped back after five years. That's fair. But well, what about, about my car? In Avengers, and I don't care about this character now. Yeah. You know, you're watching this. I did care about yeah. this character. I shouldn't say I did care. I do care about this character. I do not care about this movie because it's been, I don't know. So it's poorly mi- mishandled by the studio. It has been mishandled. Oh, and the fact that Black Widow, she was, uh, you loved her in Iron Man 2, but after that, she should have gotten that movie, and they didn't. But instead, they went with Captain Marvel. Do we know where in the storyline this is? Is she already? It's in between Avengers? Civil War and Infinity War. Who, who, who's gonna? Who could possibly give a shit about this? Okay. <laughs> this is you got David Harbour as Red like, Guardian. They're bringing Red the Guardian only, the and the Russian Avengers in there. I the only, the only people like are that are going to. They slept watch. on it, and now I don't think it'll be as, as successful if they had done the right thing and given her a movie much sooner. Yeah, yeah they, they, they turned this turn paper in. Yeah, two semesters late. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, did I get they, half credit? They were doing their SATs and only put their name to get the minimum amount of points. <laughs> you know, I mean, it 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 does feel lost on me, but I feel sad about that because. Comic-wise, Black Widow, you know, Winter Soldier, there's so much story depth in there that they could have taken advantage of Yeah, that now they're just, I feel like this movie is an afterthought. I think they're just, you know, they're just and releasing also, a movie now just to get it From what you out see there. in the trailer, it feels like she's not at the level that she is in the other films. Yeah. It almost seems like she's taking a backseat to someone who's younger and yet somehow better. Yeah. So you've made her this amazingly strong character, like someone who's able to trick Loki. Yeah. And then she can't drive a car. Like yeah. I'm that. Well, they're setting me. up Yelena Bel- uh, Belanov as the next yeah, black widow. So they're just transitioning. Natasha Romanoff. I mean, come on. But this is the whole, 
it's I feel like this is the whole premise of the movie. Like, oh, don't worry, you're still gonna have another Black Widow, and not just like the comics, but I don't feel they're doing it right. They're definitely I agree. Not doing it right. My cousin said that they are renting out the theater for screening that, and she was like, "Are you in?" I was like, uh. mm. "Do you have to pay?" Yeah. Uh, no. No. It's no. like it's a hundred and uh, I don't. I'm gonna just say a number because I don't remember. Let's say it's a hundred and twenty dollars to rent out the theater. Too much. And she would be like, up to twenty people or twenty some odd people or whatever. <laughs> and I'm sitting over here like, the only reason why I want to say yes is so that she has other people go in on it with her <laughs> because I actually want to see the movie. It's like because I don't yeah. want her to spend that much out of her own pocket. Yeah, but yeah, at her. the same point, you're just like. I'm just like, I'm, I want to help out my family, not necessarily that I want to I don't want to help you out that much. Yeah, but, the only yeah. people that are going to care about this movie are the completionists to watch the the whole MCU timeline. Honestly, chronological order. I will wait. I'll wait until you put it on Disney Plus and yeah. then I'll watch because, it then. You know, yeah, we'll get a new Black Widow. It's great that yeah. we're introducing her, but it feels like they're diminishing Natasha to do it. And it's not necessary because it's not like she bests Natasha and that's how she becomes Black Widow. Natasha dies. And so there is a need yeah. for another Black so yeah. like it just oh spoiler <laughs> it's been long enough um but black, Has it been? black widow wasn't the only thing that they showed Jeez. they also showed a loki trailer they also released another one today uh relieving uh releasing uh the miss minutes the lo- uh mascot for the time variance authority is involved with the series as well but we get owen wilson tom hiddleston and loki Next month on the ninth, and this series to where it's picking up from when Loki stepped out of Endgame, and now Owen Wilson's slapping his pee pee because he fucked up the timeline, and now he's putting his nose in it and making him fix it. I I'm, are we really going to have you know, slapping this? What? <laughs> <laughs> I may have you know. Uh, He's treating Loki as his dog. I may have dogized it. Yeah. I'll make that a word. Um, but no. Everything that's coming out of your mouth is sounding incredibly dirty right now. It is. Giggity. The <laughs> Loki trailer here is pretty much setting up you knew uh, that was this series happen, yeah. to where you get yeah. the you get the resistant Loki. He's picked out of time. His clothes are stripped. He's you know, forced into like a convict style outfit. And His now he's like, been hey, man, you got to fix this timeline. You fucked up. How did I fuck it up? You escaped. Yeah. his. You arc- were supposed to suffer. His arc has been reset. So now he doesn't have that arc. In- so, so now this is that's the really tomorrow like- Marvel edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like this part of Marvel okay. is that they're really getting into a different area to where you heard, oh, we're getting more cosmic. We're getting more of this. This is a separate side of Marvel that people watching movie-wise haven't seen, but we have seen. This will just segue into the What If series. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's coming, I believe, in August they leaked out. So it's going to be great. Loki in July, six weeks, and then August you got What If. Well, yeah, you're getting Loki on a Wednesday on uh, June 9th. You get Black Widow on July 9th. Right. So 30 days apart. They're trying their best for Black Widow, but everybody's going to tune in to Loki. All right. I'll and allow it. 
Everybody is going to tune in to this next story, which is Netflix debuts Resident Evil Infinite Darkness trailer. Um, the Infinite Darkness, after a long-awaited, se- uh, long-awaited and several reveals over the f- few months, I'm not having a seizure, the extended trailer <laughs> was finally released on Tuesday night, which focuses on a conspiracy, theories, and politics, and, of course, zombie hordes. The fan-favorite characters of Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield returned for the animated series and are at the forefront of the trailer. Apart from leaving fans of the Resident Evil franchise excited about the return, the trailer has also confirmed the series' release date, and it's coming up soon. The much-awaited anime series premieres on Netflix on July 8th. So, just before Black Widow, you're going to get your dose of Resident Evil. Another uh, gaming-centric yes, Netflix the series. Games, the games, the, the, well, the remasters for 2 and 3 have been very good. Um, Village just came out, which is getting rave reviews. Um, but I will tell you to watch, if you haven't had the time, the animated CGI animation... Uh, Resident Evil movies are really good. You just got to find them and give it time. Yeah. Uh, the trailer shows us a glimpse of the CGI used in the series and all of the way from opening scene to Permastan uh, Civil War. Uh, the features of the main characters and the zombies in the animation is one of the most appealing factors of the trailer. The clip also offers the right amount of action and mis- uh, mystery promises the same amount of jump scares that the games in the franchise are known for. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect kind of franchise to have Resident Evil on. You know, I mean, Joe, it's a a good format. Have you actually checked out Castlevania yet? So I am on season three. Damn, you jumped through that quickly. Um, faster than the around. I so I was waiting, and then you know you were telling me it was actually good. So I went, and it is a great show. So this is what gives me hope for Netflix. So, and this is what I was telling you is that you have the ability to make this great show and do the the property right mm-hmm. because with Castlevania they jumped around with their games in the property to make a, a cohesive story. Yes. And they did that flawlessly. But uh, I think the, the storyline that they kind of loosely followed was Symphony and Night. Yeah. Definitely. It, it's definitely Symphony and Night-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still a great cohesive story. And I think that if you're putting it into this franchise, I think it has a lot of legs. And it can have that successful Castlevania run. It could. You know, especially with Resident Evil. Resident Evil is, you know, that was one of the first video game movies that people really latched onto because of Mila Jovovic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she, you know, she made those movies her own. Um, I mean, I didn't... They were They were okay for what they were. You know... There, there wasn't a lot. That was of, before Sonic the Hedgehog and De- Detective Pikachu, like before actual true 
movie adaptations that could be good, but they didn't as a single story. I mean, they, they were better than the Super Mario movie. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Look, not. You, you don't – that's a low bar, all right? You don't have to go far to be better than the John Leguizamo Super Mario Brother movie. You know? Yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit was like eons above it. And six years movie, ahead. Yeah. Six years prior. And one of the same cast members. Yes. But um, we'll have to see how Resident Evil turns out. The trailer looked good. But there's another – Announcement that happened with DC, so this which is, we'll this see is in the next I'm story. For. Um, DC has announced that Injustice is being made into an animated movie. It's being after it's being adapted after the Long Halloween Part Two, Electric Boogaloo, and it's that's not the title, um, but it's being released after that, and it is. Purely based on the games. So we've said it plenty of times throughout the podcast that we need to have stories in for for the other characters in DC. This is a good launch pad for it because if you played and uh, if you played the Injustice video <gasps> games and watched that was a great story. In Injustice one, oh my god, one and two. If you watch, if you played the games and and you know read the comics, yeah, everyone has a part to play. Yes. And there is there is particular things that everyone does. And if they can kind of put Batman and Superman in the back burner and yeah. give everybody else. Focus on the characters. Focus on the story. Don't yeah. focus on the character. Focus on the story. Then you'll be fine. Yeah. I think that this property, especially with what Ed Boon did in NetherRealm Studios with the Injustice series... To where they took that infamous scene in the, the first cinematics to where you see Batman and Superman and the Joker after the Joker killed Love's Lane. Spoiler alert. And actually, it was revealed in two that he made Superman think that he killed Lois Lane. So he killed the Joker to cause the bomb to detonate, which then killed Lois Lane. But it's that kind of storytelling to where you're leading them off like walking a puppy. And you're going down this trail of the story to where it's so compelling. Even when playing a game, that's what NetherRealm Studios does great about these new Mortal Kombat games. Yes, 9, you 10, are, and 11 is You're awesome. getting them in the story and into the fights. It's Oh, it's a fighting game. But when you see this great CGI cinematic masterpiece for your cutscene, you're completely enthralled in it. Just like anything, any other kind of media you find. Yeah, I'm just excited for this. But uh... And this as an animated property? Love it. Absolutely love it. Getting Hal Jordan as a yellow lantern? Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, Superman all fucking Stalin, you know, like? Yeah, pretty much. As long as they get the voice actors from the game, I'm happy. Yeah. Because they, they're rock solid. Because, again, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, but... Do you know where you can find that original game? Um, would that be at 23's A State Street, Media, Pennsylvania? That would be. And that would be right over here at the Game of DVD Exchange, which is, of course, our end segment. You can go walk in that door, and you'll talk to Mark, and he'll say, Broski. I don't have any PS5s, but 
He will have everything else that you need from Retro to New right on the $5 wall, along with Blu-rays, as well as Nintendo, uh, Sega, and N64. He will have everything Atari. He has the Sega Master System. Master System! It is the master of all systems that you'll ever need in it, you know, the 90s. But He's got plenty of stuff. No, it's not that time, Link. Not, not quite yet, Link. Not yet, pal. But you will way. walk over to 20 East State Street, and if you're walking in with Katarina, he will unfortunately say, Katarina is banned from my store. Yes, and unfortunately, Chris is secretly growing his hair back. I know it. No, I'm not. It's a conspiracy theory, man. You know, everybody has to have one. But another conspiracy is this next story because have you ever wanted to feel the grass in your game? No, I don't want high-definition impact TV. don't want to feel the grass in my well, game. I have grass in my yard. Next to the high-defecation TV you have, you're going to have this That's with Gorilla Games because Horizon Forbidden West will allow players to feel the grass via DualSense haptics. Um, how about you just stock the PS5 and we'll be happy? No, no, no. <laughs> they have just, a plan. I'm just calling a spade a spade. It's like, hey, you want yeah, me to use this much. amazing technology? How about you go somewhere and give it to them so I can buy it from them? You how know what? You're that? just how, not a dedicated you know fan enough. You have to go walk to the Andes and get your fucking PS5 if you're a real fan. But I am a real fan. Okay. Well, then I guess none of us are real fans and none of us are getting a PS5. But those that do, or scalpers, will get to feel the grass in Horizon Forbidden West. It is certainly high on their priority list of, of games this year, with fans of the original game eagerly anticipating any new information on its sequel. For those looking for an immersive experience that matches the original Gamers will be excited to learn that the PlayStation's DualSense technology will allow them to really feel the grass as they lay wait for their enemies. Um, so, that sounds annoying, honestly. You're sitting in the grass. You got a little you know, piece of grass blowing in the wind, and it keeps hitting your ear, and you feel that on the haptic <laughs> feedback. Like, I, I, I get it! You know, like, quit blowing in my fucking ear. You know, like, I get it. I get it. There's wind. But he told you that he loved you. <laughs> I don't think that that is the point. Or that this is the real thing that we should focus on in video games is whether you can feel grass or not. I will, you know, if I really want to feel grass, I'll wait for the five-year-later PC port with the haptic feedback on it, like a... A VR vest. I'll, I'll go outside. Or go outside. outside. Just, oh, yeah. That thing. I'll go outside. I got grass in the yard. And my thank you a yard. I'll just go outside and rub some grass and have my neighbors look at me judgmentally like, what is going on with that motherfucker? I don't think they will judge you for walking in your grass. I don't. I, they, I said they rub. They judge you for other things. Rub. They Wait, just they just rubbing? judge you. You know what? The Never grass? mind. I don't want to know what you're rubbing. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm rubbing. I'm rubbing this next story. There, because... thank you. <laughs> On the way out we go. <laughs> See that? That's a drain. That's where we go. 
Um, but Horizon Forbidden West will release on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 in late 2021 or 2022. But this next story... If you can get a PS5. ...is free. <sighs> yeah, I'm serene a- that I don't have a PS5 to enjoy this update on. Yes, yes, but The Last of Us Part 2 releases a performance patch over on the PlayStation blog, Naughty Dog's Director what of Communications. What system? PlayStation. What, what, what version of PlayStation? That'd probably be PS5. Okay. Yeah. Get me a PS5. <laughs> the Naughty Dog director. He'll buy one. He's threatening you right now. Of communication, Arnie Mayer acknowledged that the mo- uh, one of the most requested items f- uh, uh, from the community is the PlayStation 5 performance patch by all 20 scalpers. <laughs> they will preload it and update it for you. <laughs> yes. Starting today, Naughty Dog has made that a reality with the patch... 1.08, which now gives players multiple options when playing the game from PlayStation 5. Marin also goes on to tease that this free update is just the first step, hinting that there could be more. Yeah, they're 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 talking about doing the, like the same multiplayer that they did for the first game on PS3 and PS4. So they're going to act like a PC yeah. game company and just continuously update their game like a logical human being. Like, like a works. good like a good company should. Like a good company, PC is there. In the bushes. I don't have the state farm rights, so I can't play that tune. I'm sorry. But that, that's generally the idea where I'm going at. Um, but it shows uh, a trailer, which is below, no, be uh, shows off right the here. improvements and new options available on the PlayStation 5. Players including a selectable fragmented target of 30 frames per second or even a smooth 60 frames per second guess what i don't have a ps5 so i don't care yeah unfortunately not a lot of people do and if mark if you go and ask mark he's gonna say broski i don't have one (laughs) unfortunately like a lot of people yeah and because i don't have a ps5 I think we should go to the next story. Well, I'll tell you what. If you are looking for a PS5, you're going to want to start the crock pot because it's going to be a long one. <laughs> That's goddamn right. <laughs> like this podcast and this next story because NVIDIA is trying to stop crypto miners from buying RTX 3000 series cards. Earlier this year, NVIDIA announced that GeForce RTX 3060 graphics cards would ship with a reduced Ethereum hash rate, making them a lot less useful for crypto miners. They're now extending that to the 3080 and 3070 and 3060 Ti as well. From last uh, late May, all the models above ha- are, will ship with the LHR light hash rate versions with the ultimate goal being that gamers might actually be able to find one. A lot like the PS5, this is a solution. You know what's actually a more viable solution? Hashtag PC Master Race. A more viable solution is actually sell them in businesses and not online. I'm just calling We're going to shut your mic off now. But... <laughs> calling a spade a spade here. <laughs> but the no, same man. thing that you could do that with what the, the previous two stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sell them in a store and not online. Why? 
people will actually go there to buy them. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's I got to go in public? No, nah, I'm sorry. I, that's off the table. I, I know, I'm sorry. I know, nah, I know it. it's a hard ask. I I'm. I feel offended that you would, when you would even ask me and to go, go out the there and buy your PS5 and your gaming and your and your PC your video card. No, I'm offended. I don't care. <laughs> I'm offended you would ask me to go into public. <laughs> I want my PS5 sent to me, and then I want my chicken nuggets brought out of the oven you know and what? shoved right in my fat face. You can and then I want another robot to move there, my sir. jaw so I don't even have to fucking chew. That is the American dream. So you want a puree? Yeah, I mean, if it isn't too much to ask for. But if With you're looking chunks. for Ethereum mining, you're not going to be going to NVIDIA. That is the point of this story. So, uh, you know, crypto miners have increasingly been a pain in the ass for PC gamers. That's the a point. Huge market right now. Right now, I mean, there the, there is a huge bubble that dropped on it where it made because it all. they buy it with robots. Yeah, they do in bulk. They do, but there the there is a bubble on it that dropped today to, because it's not uh, economically friendly to the environment because of how much energy consumption. It all crypto took a hit. Minus the ones that are, uh, I imagine that had something to do with China's comments. But yes, I think that, that it will uh, it will live on there. Potentially, maybe you will be able to find a new graphics card because everything took a shit. Yeah. Well, everything will be to the moon anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. I tell you one thing that is to the moon. That's this next story because scalpers are going to the moon just to find Pokemon trading cards, not literally. But Pokemon, they're fighting scalpers with a lottery. It's not enough to introduce kids to, you know, uh, cockfighting. Now you have to teach them to gamble. So to combat online scalpers, the Pokemon company and Nintendo will start selling Pokemon trading cards through an online lottery so that fans can purchase the cards safely. Gamblers Anonymous, I choose you. (laughs) (laughs) So doing so should also reduce the numbers of scalpers that are being able to get their hands on the product. So instead of just having your product out there available for people, like Target already said, fuck you, we're not selling Pokemon cards, you know, a lot of the bigs. Now you can't get, you can't get them. You have to go to, you know, like Walmart or, or I'm sorry, like Pokemon, and go to their lottery. How is this different than loot boxes? It's not necessarily different. It's just, you know, you get to apply to purchase. There's a difference in the, in the language here. Too. So applying to purchase means that you're not gambling anything. Mm-hmm. You're just, oh, I'm putting my hat to get you know, this rare card. I may get a Bulbasaur that I have five of. I may not. But that's, you're applying to purchase. I just don't see that as any difference of what, like, Battlefront 2, what they were doing with their loot box system, which was they had cards. It was, you know, rares and all that. And it, it, it was, I mean, practically the same thing, except one is completely digital. Yeah, but the difference here is, is that. But everyone got no... in, up in arms about Battlefront. There's no difference. But if you get your kids into a Pokemon, 
you know, trading card gambling league, that's completely fine. They're going to be making money, man. Don't knock that. The company is going to make money. Got a Gen 1 Charizard that's worth more than your house, motherfucker. Shut up. All right, I get it. They're going to make money in a way that suits them. And they're just doing it to protect the consumer. Yeah. Because people that get these cards and they get the rare cards, people stalk them. Did you and hear? And they get in fights. Yeah. Did you hear why Target actually stopped and selling that Pokemon chose cards? knife attack? Yeah. But Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> very effective. Um, but tra- Target stopped selling it because pe- scalpers were camping out in front of Target just and, to and get that's the fucking stopping. Pokemon cards. That's what they're stopping. So that thing that we're saying that, like, protect against the scalpers, that's yeah. what Nintendo's technically doing right now. Yeah. Applying to purchase. I just learned about this uh, this NFT thing. I think you're saying you saying Battlefront. Are they doing NFTs? Is that what that is when you're saying it's digital? It was loot box crates. So um, the way they the way they had the language was is that it, it was like a gambling. It was emulated yeah. a gambling addiction, and in the EU, in the European Union, they they um, in games like Overwatch and mm-hmm. Battlefront Two, Fortnite, they considered it. A form of gambling because you so could outlawed. get a card that would make like when you get Darth Maul as a character available, mm-hmm. he would be super OP, overpowered to where nobody would be able to touch you, and it was just off a random card that you got off this loot box. Yep, and then so w- what they did with you know to counteract that is that now they made it all cosmetic, so it's just skins, yeah, like color outfit. You know, no, no, power and that's where you get into the, into the uh, Fortnite ring, where you know they're doing a bunch of skins. They have like Guardians of the Galaxy. They have Batman, which they also did a comic tie-in. They did uh, Zero Point when Endgame was happening. They did a Thanos tie-in, so yeah. one person would become Thanos, and everybody during the fucking game. COVID. They had concerts and they had like a trailer reveal we did on the podcast that was in they did Fortnite that online tournament too, where that one kid, that eleven-year-old kid, won two million dollars. But you have Fortnite being completely in a different bubble. And it's like all these things resemble a similar function. Yeah. If I won $2 million when I was 11, I would have had to divorce my parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't we all? You know? You remember that movie North? With yes. Elijah Wood? Yeah. Elijah Wood. Yeah, have you heard of Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> <laughs> Meth has. <laughs> Damn. Oh. I didn't. Uh, the The opinions said in this podcast do not. What do you say, Kat? I don't know. Do not support the yeah. views of PJ and WH. I was reading about the NFTs where they were saying somebody bought, spent a half a million dollars on a digital house. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, people oh, are going hardcore on those too. NFTs, too, because they, you have. You know, yeah. a bunch there's of people games online, like Eve Online, like there's there's legitimately like wars that are planned out for like three, four years that people lose like five hundred to a million dollars worth of. Sometimes it's just an accident, really, because yeah. they're people and they didn't really mean to do it. And then yeah. next thing you know, everyone is fighting at once. And you know, are they kung fu fighting though? They could I be doing kung fu moves. That, that was so well done. 
This is actually two trailers that I saw on YouTube. One was for Eve. I'd never heard of it before. It looked really cool. I wouldn't play it. It seems way too involved for me. Very involved. Yeah, it's, it's very involved. It, it's like physics if, level. If you want to, if you want to get into Eve, just say, "Do I like calculus?" Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't when your friends like look over and punch you in the face a few times, it's the same thing. The other game I saw, it was kind of like a similar tone to the trailer, but it was for like a, it was a game where you just traveled around the country delivering lumber. You know what? That sound that doesn't sound half bad. Yeah, that sounds like I've, I've, that, that like, sounds actually you know, very relieving. Stuff. You know, I only it was like ASMR as a game. I only kept yeah. watching the commercial because I was trying. First Probably of all, it was very relaxing. Yeah. Second of all, oh, yeah. I was like, is this real? Yeah. yeah, it was a joke. I was like, "There's gonna be some somebody's oh, gonna show when, up." And when you say, "Is this real?" Look up "human drunken fight." It 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 is a VR game where people just act oh yeah, drunk, and it is hilarious. Oh yeah, VR you, gets VR on a whole drunk level. Fight. Yeah, awesome. Crazy, like the human surgeon one too. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I just cut that artery. The guy's gonna bleed out. <laughs> There's a lot of comedy in that. A lot like. Our end segment, because to end off this podcast with a stand-up comedian, I had no other better thought than nerdcasting. I got one. Pick a stand-up comedian and make him a superhero. Which stand-up comedian and what superhero is he, kids, and why? (laughs) So, we had a good bit going through the chat. Um... (laughs) He did. Wonderful woman. You had a good one. Yeah. Uh, which one? I had a couple. Mitch Hedberg as Green Lantern. Yes. And Love Robin that. Williams as Wonder Woman. Yes. Who is Wonder Woman? Robin Williams. <laughs> hey, if he could do a Mrs. Doubtfire. I would love that. I like it. I, I would like love it. Robin Williams. It's the last of truth. You must tell me. <laughs> I, um, I, would I also would like Phyllis Diller as Granny Goodness. Oh yeah, I said Roseanne and Barr as did, Granny Goodness. But I thought I Phyllis love that. Diller, the hair, just yeah, alone. yeah. You're right. The hair really does match. <laughs> and um, a young Carol Burnett as Squirrel Girl, and that's <laughs> when I'm done. wow. And I'm spent. Carol Burnett as Squirrel Girl. I oddly yes. really like that. Okay. You're welcome. And Phyllis Diller as the Wasp. No, she's granny goodness. I like, I like uh, Dane Cook as the Flash. Yes. Yeah. Like Flash. Him and his career is over, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Podcast over. <laughs> and that's a wrap. No. Um, that honestly. was very, it started off like here and then it went. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You know what? I'm really feeling. You did see good luck, Chuck. That's why you saw. It. That's why you made that comment. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm feeling a, a different tone to the character, but I'm liking this person for their personality. I'm liking Burt Kreischer as Iron Man. Oh yeah, I love that. Well, he is the machine. Hundred. Yeah, he is the machine. Fucking. Percent. I, I like this idea of Burt Kreischer walking around in half of the Drinking a I beer. <laughs> he Sam wouldn't wear Kinison a shirt. Sam Kinison is Black Bolt. Sam uh, Kinison is Black Bolt? Yeah. You know what? Oh! Yeah, no, that, that fits. <laughs> That's exactly like, oh! what I thought of. Oh! 
Yeah. How about uh, uh, George Carlin as an old like Robin from like like a Burt Ward Robin? Ooh, and like the no tights, George, and he just doesn't want to do anything. I that, would ch- I would choose you know. George Carlin as Doctor Fate. Yes, mm. George Carlin, Doctor Fate, or I would I don't know George Carlin. Did I'd you probably have a Robin in mind? A co- Captain America. It, it, it was like the Burt Ward Robin from like the old like Adam West like TV series. I don't know how like, how well it, he would fit into that. I kind of think that George Carlin would make a good Red Hood. Maybe that a good Red funny, Robin. <laughs> yum. Oh gosh, no, um, that's gonna be. I honestly think um, Mitch Hedberg would make a really good. Um, what's the blue guy from uh, Blue Beetle? No, the tech. <laughs> We're gonna get. Yeah. Trying to think of blue people. The blue guys got his dick hanging out. Oh, oh Doctor Manhattan. 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 All right. I said Mr. Manhattan. You know what? I would totally see him as Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Mr. Manhattan. Doctor Mister. I don't know. Was he packing? Do we know? Mitch? No, we'll never know. He can heroin. He's packing heroin. In fact, that's well, maybe the he should be the comedian. He wasn't packing what you wanted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, I said Gene Wilder as Doctor Strange. Richard maybe. Pryor would be John Stewart, Green Lantern. Mm. Okay. No, you know oh, who I, I like Robin that. Williams as? The Flash. Robin Williams as The Flash? Or Quicksilver. I just feel like he has that quick-witted personality that he would really... That That is him. You know, and he would fuck with a whole bunch of people Ray, along the way. Ray Al Ghul, Robin Williams as Ray Al Ghul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Raz Al Ghul would be great, really great as that because we already had Liam Neeson as Raz Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Give me, give me Joey Diaz as Cable. Yeah, yeah. That's who he is. And I, He's you good. said, fuck broken. you, cocksuckers. I'm yeah. trying to save your future. How about Andrew Dice Clay's <laughs> Batman? Like oh, yeah, that'd be great. That's the whole fucking season right there. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Dice, Dice Clay, Clay as who? Batman. Because <laughs> he's tall enough. Hickory Dickory Duck. The joke is oh. your mom. I'm not your pop. <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> You got to fit in those. In Flashpoint, that works. Um, Yeah, it does. I totally see that. (laughs) (laughs) But no. I mean, there's infinite amount of multiverse for comedians as superheroes. Who would you do do for Bob Saget? Not a damn thing. Stop it. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Jimmy Olsen. I was thinking Deathlock. Okay. Because he's dead inside? Okay. How about the Deadpool that was in the Wolverine Origins movie? Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know. Patton Oswalt. No. No, that's um, what Bob Saget was for. Oh, it's because he dies really quickly? <laughs> and he doesn't speak. Damn. Damn. No, that's the, for that person, you want Dave Coulier. Fuck, that is you know, really You know, I still cannot wrap my mind around the fact that he had two, two very successful music act, acts write diss tracks about him. Who was all the other one? Alanis Morissette and who TLC's was Alanis Morissette and... TLC's No Scrubs was written about Dave Coulier. 
What the? F- he didn't have a car? No, he was in. He was um, hanging out the John passenger Stamos's side car. of his best friend's ride, trying to holler he was in at me. John Stamos's car, yell, like trying to talk to TLC as they were walking into a club or something. That fits. And they wrote that No Scrubs song about Dave Coulier. Like, uh, what universe? I love is, that. This is not. This yeah, is now not you're looking earth. it up. This is I, like, see <laughs> I see that. I see that. Do the Google. I'm serious. It's true. <laughs> Her other name is Cat Go Google, so I'd probably trust that. I did go that. Google it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love that, as, especially because, you know, a scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. How, how, what about Chris Rock, though? Chris Rock, I would see... Black Lightning. I want to say Black Lightning, but I'd probably pin him as the collector. Hmm... I want y'all motherfuckers to fight. <laughs> I feel like that would be a great movie. What about who I'm would calling who? it the sequels? Oh, who I would be Martian it. Manhunter? I want Gilbert Godfrey. Oh. <laughs> That'd be great. Fuck. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, he'd be great. We have our Wonder Woman. As Robin Williams. Robin Williams. We have our Martian Manhunter as Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to put right, a Batman that. as... Um, oh, fuck. Doug Stanhope. <laughs> I would pick... Very dark. Louis Stanhope. What's the, what's the other guy? Louis uh, Black. More... Oh, fuck. No, there's another guy. Um, Joe talks about him all the time. Oh, Died. Um... Narrows it down. Lenny Bruce. Yeah, Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Lenny Bruce is Batman. He would make a good Batman. He was arrested a bunch, you know? <laughs> so he knows the justice system. <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's logic to me, you know? Um, but no. And then Superman. I kind of. I, look, I like George. Kevin Hart is Superman. I was going to say George Carlin is Superman, but Kevin Hart is actually even better. Just low angle angles. No, um, you keep him short, and everybody's like, "You're, yeah, yeah, you you're Superman," and he's like, "Yeah, what about it?" Like he has a real problem because he's short, and everybody, but he's super fucking strong, just like regular Superman. But he's just a pint sized Superman. Normal size. Even though me and Kevin Hart are probably the same size. Normal size. There you go. Um, well, I don't know. Who who's your stand up Superman? We'll end it off with that. Oh God. Um, That's a big, tall order. That's why I was going with George Carlin. Even though he'd probably be a little bit too cynical for Superman. What's the guy? Oh, no, he would be too. He'd be more of a Batman than a Superman. The one Lenny Bruce I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, we just talking. He's very. Yeah, we said Lenny Bruce is Batman. Oh, you did? (sighs) There's another guy I'm thinking of. I must have auto-tuned out. Um, Steve Martin, I would see him as a Flash or even a Green Rick Lantern. Rick Moranis. Fuck. <laughs> a comic. He's no? not a comic, really. Mm. He's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about Mulaney? Oh, Robin. Oh. Um, he's Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be Drax the Destroyer. Um, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan is say, Je- Drax I, the Destroyer. I would say no. I would say Rogan would be 
Um, you guys are trying to cast people that are physically like the characters that Bane. you want them to play. If Bane? we're going to have them be comedians, they should be the exact opposite of what you expect them to be. You know what? Actually, on that well, Rog- cat, Rogan would be really great as Bane. Because Rogan does do MMA. He'd never do it. Oh, he would never do it in a million years. But <laughs> it's great to, you know, uh, postulate Just, just on like he stopped, he, he stopped doing voiceovers for video games because he thinks there's no point in them. Yeah, well, just like we stopped. Norm McDonald. And just like we stopped this. Norm McDonald as like an old, bitter Superman who's just like over it. Kingdom Come Superman, where he's just like, yeah, Lois died. It's like you got a. I told you that meteor was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was was doing good as editor until Lois died. Is a kryptonite that, bomb. I wasn't in the office. I was getting her flowers. How about his now depressed? David Spade. David Dennis Spade. Miller as the comedian. Adam. I would see David Spade as Adam. David Spade. Okay. He would be Robin. As Adam? He'd be the tick. Oh, you know who'd be a good Robin? Aziz. Uh, Aziz yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Aziz is great. Fuck, he would, would be a great yeah. he would be a great Robin. And He's very slapsticky himself. Yeah. Who is Rodney Dangerfield? Alfred. Yeah. I got no yeah. respect. He's stitching <laughs> Batman up and he's saying that over and over again. Day. No respect at all. Tim <laughs> <laughs> is like Booster Gold totally. Uh, that's I see a good Russell one. Brand as a Dr. Manhattan. All right. I don't. He's. No. He's. He's. Um. I would see him more like uh, Legion or um, not yeah. a comedian. Ozymandias. <laughs> I w- yeah, Ozymandias. I would see him as more of those extreme, like, is he really sane kind of properties, which would fit in with, well, Bobcat Goldwave is Beast Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but who would be the Joker? I see Bob uh, Bobcat as Banshee. I would actually, I could actually kind of see him as the Joker too. All right, all right. Sarah Silverman as the Catwoman. Oh, that's a good pull. That's fucking perfect. She would would um, dive headfirst into that role. I thought Christina P. Mm -hmm. for Poison Ivy. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought Christina uh, Pazinski would be a really great Poison Ivy right there. And then, um, fuck, you could have. there's a whole bunch of different possibilities, which you can comment below. So oh, I yeah. know there's some. I'm like, I'm still thinking of like everybody from. Oh, the Sinbad. Right Who would you? What? Oh, Sinbad. What? That's what we're gonna end off with here. He's, he's where he's, you nerd cast in Sinbad. Swamp Thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so maybe not a. Hesitation. Maybe not such a moist answer. Um, <laughs> Do not say that word. It's very I'd humid. rather you swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Greg Giraldo? Um, Greg Giraldo, Greenlander, but Sinbad, I'm seeing him as a... I want to see him as a Doctor Strange. I want to see the cast of Monty Python as the Justice League. I would love Eric Idle as the Joker. I mean, that that's just perfect in, okay. in and of itself. 
Uh, or just Monty Python as the Justice League. Or even Monty Python as the Avengers. You can go either way on that. Yep, 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 yep. So on that bombshell, we do end off with the thank yous. We want to thank you to Jim Leahy, jo- uh, Mark Gervais, Joe Gilmore, and Frank Percy, uh, special guest from last podcast, as well as the special guest from this podcast, Brandon Vincent Jackson, stand-up comedian, podcast extraordinaire, and teacher. Brandon, Overall, you, good person, and always welcome back on the podcast. Do you have anything that you want to plug to get it out there? Yes, man. Where you? Where can people go to see you do your stand-up? All right. Well, um, coming up, I uh, will be uh, working with Roy Wood Jr. at Punchline Comedy Club in Philadelphia on uh, June 11th and June 12th. That's what I got coming up in June. And then I'm going to be doing a live variety show version of my podcast, English for Criminals, at Bootless Stageworks in Wilmington, Delaware on June 25th. So That's awesome. Stand up, uh, sketch, um, some interviews, just talking about the struggles of being an entertainer and a, and a comedian and an educator in a post-COVID world. That's awesome, man. That sounds like a really great podcast in and of itself. And then you have that live aspect on top of it to where, you know, there's just a lot of content there that you can really, you know, have a lot. Also the comedy and history of the Bible podcast that he's working on. (laughs) That's the new project that we put on his plate that he didn't ask for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do have my Spanish Bible that I just bought. (laughs) In English and Espanol. There we go. All right. Bueno. Yes, bueno indeed. And, of course, we end off this podcast with a long, drawn-out goodbye. I, of course, am one. Hang on. We're doing it live. Matthew Bugger of the Batman. And, of course, Christopher Resto, the old man. We have Big Brother producer Stephen Bugger. We have in the projector box Joseph Gilmore, Ultimate Walljanger, Katarina Thermoscara, all the way from Thermoscara, wonderful woman, and the ultimate stand up comedian, Brandon Vincent Jackson. Thank you so much for watching. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, Walljangers, game on, boys and girls. Bye bye. Oh no, we're gonna end it. Oh god. Oh god. Oh, god. oh no, we're gonna end it. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Just like that. Yeah. Are y'all okay? I'm a lot better now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I went there. Yeah. Um it's mm. been a pleasure, Brandon. You're well literally welcome on anytime. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun, uh joshing around with you guys. Always happy to um Talk to anybody that appreciates my uh, my act. Yeah, you get get those dates to us uh, like in a messenger or an email. We'll put them up on the on this episode count too. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, man. I appreciate. It. I'll send that over to you. All right, All right. Joe. Thanks All for right. joining. Brandon. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining. For Have a good night. All right, guys. We're ending it off. I watched that. I showed Big Brother because both uh, my brother Stephen Bucarell and myself we are both very big comedy fans we love stand-up comedy every, before every single podcast we watch some form of stand-up comedy um joseph gilmore thank you for joining us buddy 
Um, so we always watch stand-up comedy, and to actually have a, an up-and-coming stand-up comedian. You've been doing it for a while because that set I saw at Helium Comedy Club at your YouTube, that is 2017, yeah. from uh, July 2017. And, dude... You murdered that <laughs> fucking set, man. Yeah, those those are really. Good. I don't want to give anything away because you look at like I'm a huge fan of like Tom Segura, Joe Rogan. These are all people who you you get this expertise of comedy from in that are relevant today. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things you may want to get the live set up. Uh, we're, we're number two, two, two. Really? Um, but we've tried. I really, I respect the fuck out of you, man. That's what I want to start off this pre end credits for the YouTubers. Uh, I always have an end credit segment. Oh shit! Are we? Reco- yes, yeah, we are recording. God damn it! I started it. Our producer, my brother, is awesome. So, um, I wanted to start off by saying. I respect the fuck out of you for going stand-up comedy and for being a teacher and for having your own fucking podcast, English for Criminals. God damn, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate all the love. Do you sleep? Uh, It's pretty cool. Thank you for your, you know, I put a lot of work into all of it, so I'm glad that people like it. Man, I got to see you live. I know, I mean, how much, I don't want to ask you any kind of, like, real deep questions right now until we get on live, but... First things, uh, how nerdy are you? I don't want to, I mean, I got to ask, you know? I mean, that's one of those questions. How would you rate your nerdgasm? I don't have any any social nerd behavior. Okay. It's like my friends, like I have a lot of friends that play video games. I don't really play video games that much anymore. Yeah. I have friends that are like D&D guys. Mm-hmm. I never do that with yeah. them. Um, I think I'm probably like a history nerd. A okay. History. Maybe I nerd out on comedy. That's a really specific thing, though. I written now, now that you said that, I really, I love how you said it. Because the definition of a perjanger is a person or group who are infatuated or love, you know, geek and nerd culture. And you can be a nerd about anything. That is the glory of our word perjanger. So you are an ultimate perjanger right here because you're a comedy nerd, just like Big Brother myself and history nerd. Fucking love history. Yeah. You know, especially me, myself, I love mythology. Yeah. Yeah, I was a big into Greek mythology when I was a kid. I just thought it was just ridiculous how malicious <laughs> the gods are. Oh, my God. And uh, Zeus they, fucked they, everyone. Like, they're more like the Greek gods of, of Greek mythology. They're more like CEOs, like entertainment CEOs, than they are what we think of as gods. They're just like horny yeah. fucking toads that run around banging everything they can get their hands <laughs> on. And, you know, really vindictive and holding all these grudges and creating wars out of it. That's basically so just talking like a bunch of Harvey too. Weinsteins more than they are Jehovah. You know what? I'm imagining, um, fuck it, what is it? Uh, the the Jagons mixed with Harvey Weinstein? No, don't, don't. You remember? That? You already saw what I'm going at. 
Yeah. The South Park, like, oh, suck on my Jagons. But them as Harvey Weinstein. That's that's what I got out of that. There's the other one. You ever watch BoJack Horseman? I haven't. They have a great one where, like, there's a season where, like, one of these characters creates a a sex robot for his girlfriend, and it's just like a fucking, it's just like some, it's like a bunch of vacuum cleaners and dildos tied together, and it's just like this oversex sentient being, and he like she hates it, so he throws it out, and it ends up becoming like, um, like the head of marketing for like Warner Brothers or something. <laughs> Somebody like finds it in a trash can. So it fits. Well, well, they would probably do a better job with them with the DC universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it fits. So it fits. Um, All right. So, (laughs) by the way, happy birthday! Thank you. Right, and by the way, I'm Katarina. It's nice to meet you. Oh my God! I didn't even introduce wonderful woman. Too busy talking. I well, like always. So, Brandon, in chat, we have Katarina Thermoscara, all the way in from Thermoscara. Wonderful woman. She is uh, the mom of the podcast. She is our guiding light, and she especially our morality. To, she tries to get us not to swear so much. Actually, I think I swear more than Oh, yeah. Time. She swears well yeah. more than any of us. But <laughs> I think it's just that. So I'm not claiming any moral high it's, ground. It's that stigma that we want, okay. we want to be our best selves in front of her. You know, because oh, well, you she know, is the disclaimer of the podcast. She's the disclaimer. She has that's... to represent the best of us. I do actually do the disclaimer. The opinions that's expressed here are not representative of all members of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I still need to isolate that in her That's really my form. one line for this yeah. whole podcast. Yeah. And then, of course, I have my buddy from work, Joseph Gilmore. Yosef. And uh, he is an ultimate nerd, and he has been watching the podcast, obviously, because I talked to him incessantly about nerdy shit. I had to have him on. Especially with the stand-up comedian. So, so Katarina, um, I purposely wore a green shirt today. So oh, I, yeah? so I got the because he's a fucking yeah. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in the zoom, right? Like a white he's a t-shirt. He's a fucking clear. Oh, he's changing color. I was wondering what was going on. Yeah, no, he he's just wearing a green shirt because we have a, a green screen filter on the camera. And we have a gigantic green screen behind us. Cat has seen it numerous times, just us sitting behind a green screen now with uh, st- Stream Zoom, or I'm sorry, Streamlabs. Stream Streamlabs OBS. We can show you what everybody else sees. And I can just, like, when I go to, hang on, three screens. This mouse is a bitch. Uh, finding looking? out where it is. Here it is. So, like, when I go to your website, Brandon. I forgot all about was that is that wix yeah i just got this email from wix they were like people are looking at your website you're gonna want to up your subscription hi that was me <laughs> hi <laughs> hi i was looking um i always like to do a little yeah. digging into the people that i'm having in the podcast and we use wix for our website as well so we are always great at ads, infamously great at ads, like infamously starting the podcast. Engage, sure. So oh, this, damn it. yeah, all right, hang on. No, yeah, no, no. He, he's got to reset the title and the headlines again. That's that's a real bitch. You get you get the basics. Yeah, 
All right. And that's that, fine. That man. idea of um, creating his own profile sounds pretty good right now. <sighs> God damn. <laughs> what does that say? Exit the program and start it up again. Facebook <sighs> is being a, a bitch. Yeah. Exit this. Yeah. Exit the program and go back. God damn, this is an awesome end credit because you want to automatically hit that button right there to subscribe right above my head. Well, that's going to be every single Triforce podcast just for you. And, of course, above the old man's head in the Perjanger box. Well, that's the very best Perjangers and Wall Hangers video for you. And, of course, as our main man Connor says, one punch! One punch! <laughs>